So tell me why you deserve it. Come on and prove why I should move. Baby, spit on it. So... I've already added spit on it to my 2021 vision board for the rest of the year. (laughs) I was on Clubhouse the other day. Um, one of my friends I met on there, I don't know exactly which, which one said it, but shout out, shout out to, shout out to them, like Simone, Sierra, um, C, like CT, like, yeah, shout out, yeah, shout out to all of them. But one of them said that, um, he said that Anderson Pack sounded like a okay. civil rights water fountain. All right. I'm not even going to entertain those niggas i'm tired of them and and without any further explanation i immediately understood what they meant by that he's got the old school voice he's he's got the mama why we gotta go in through the back type of voice i'm not playing with y'all niggas i'm not doing that no not my understanding but the the song the song he did with uh with absol on the black panther soundtrack a hotep sweat dream. Hail Mary's in the sky. <laughs> False prophets get buried alive. Something's in the water. My nigga, we lawless. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> um, I will not confirm or deny that this is true, that he sounds like that. Um... Screaming, we gonna make it like two thirds of the locks. Nope. All right. All right. That was a good. This is a good show. We made it to another year, yo. <laughs> welcome, welcome, welcome to Big Boy Brunch, where topics get tasted. I am Lolo Von Z, aka the Liberian Aquarian. That's also water. A.K.A. the Joloff Collinsor, A.K.A. the Queer Lloyd Banks, cause I'm so bi. A.K.A. the Wingstop Top, get a taste that I'll dip on you. A.K.A. the Queer Golf Course, cause I keep 18 holes on me. A.K.A. New Position, Nehu. A.K.A. James, ask me why my A.K.A. is James. I will not, cause I'll be mad. But go ahead. Because I'll bite your peach if you let me. A.K.A. the Clubhouse Chub. Because I breathe into the mic unmuted. A.K.A. move to audience. A.K.A. your first choice for a verse voice. I am sitting with the hostess with the mostess. My work husband till copyright infringement do us part. Mr. Dre. What up, Dre, babe? (laughs) Nigga. (laughs) I'm just so happy... Um, that we made it back. It's 2021. First show of the year. We got some good shit. Um, I'm feeling good. You know? I think I'm actually going to stick to a New Year's resolution this year. 
We'll see. Probably not. But, you know, it's going good so far. So, amen. Like, we talked off mic, and uh, you've been drinking smoothies, right? I have. And they are the bane of my fucking existence, bitch. What? I don't, add a little honey in it. A little, little manuka. No, it, it's not even that. It's just that, like, bitch, I want to chew. L- a little honeycomb. You know? A little honeycomb. Yeah, <laughs> but I can't. Also, like I'm giving up, like not eating too much sugar. Um, I'm not drinking right now. Sugar so. doesn't count if it's natural. That's honey. That's that, that, that's that's from the that's from nature. God you know gave what? you that sugar. It's not so. It's not really sugar. Is that really how it goes? Because that is, is exactly I'll, I'll how increase. it goes. Perfect. So I'm 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 doing it. Um, but nigga, I'm just so happy to be here. Um, it's gonna be fun. This is a good. This is gonna be a good year. I can feel yeah. it. I can feel it in my bones. Doom, 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 doom. Okay, so today on the first episode of the year, I'm doing things a bit different for brunch. I got me two, count them, two slices of avocado toast on whole wheat bread with a steaming bowl of steel-cut cinnamon sugar oats with some mango slices and a side of peach Andre on the side. Cause you know I I gotta have I gotta have Andre on on one side and I gotta have Andre on the other side. I gotta have gotta it's gotta be an Andre sandwich. I'm trying to start things a little a little bit uh, a little bit little bit healthier. I'm like I I I'm gonna still bring y'all the the extravagant like wow what the fuck is that type of food like it it's coming it's coming but you know we. Like baby steps, baby steps, because I I am trying to maybe not not totally slim down, but like solidify a little. Nigga, bit. we are we are we are on the same fucking page. That's literally what this year is about. I, I'm not like a yeah. Here. I'm not a not a loser. I'm not a gainer. I'm a maintainer. Period. Um, yeah. Shout shout out to the Chub community. All Come right, on. moving on to the segment you've all been waiting for. Our heaping helping of geek culture news in a segment we like to call Nerdy Nuggets, Wanda Drippin'. <laughs> you should have saved that shit for next week, bitch. But I love it. Coming soon. I love it. All right, moving right along. The saga continues in the, um, wow, like this nigga did not like filming Justice League drama <laughs> at fucking all jesus Ooh. christ so according to comicbook.com ray fisher has now reportedly been written out of the flash movie after having been offered a cameo role in the upcoming dc comics film fisher has now been at the center of a call for accountability after the actor shared claims of being mistreated on the set of justice league when director joss whedon took over the role once occupied by Zack Snyder. Whedon is said to have substantially lessened Fisher's role as Cyborg in the film, along with severely mistreating several cast and crew members. Now, it is being reported Fisher is not taking on the brief role in The Flash, and the character will not be recast. Justice League actor Ray Fisher, who was offered a cameo role last June to appear as Cyborg in The Flash solo movie, publicly stated he did not want to be involved with the project via Twitter. Hence, the character of Cyborg has been written out of the screenplay and will not be recast, according to insiders with knowledge of the situation. The rap's Umberto Gonzalez is reporting. Fisher publicly promised that he would not play Cyborg again if it meant working for DC Films president 
Walter Hamada, who later had his contract extended to continue in his role. So, you know, that, that bag got doubled. So, uh, yeah, Walter Hamada is the most dangerous type of enabler, Fisher tweeted on December 30th. His lies and WBPR's failed September 4th hit piece sought to undermine the very real issues of the Justice League investigation. I will not participate in any production associated with him. Uh, the Flash movie is set to introduce the concept of a multiverse for the DC movie franchise, which allows multiple actors from separate cinematic editions of DC stories to play the same characters. For example, Ben Affleck will rep reprise his Batman role, while Michael Keaton will also be returning to his Batman role for the first time in three decades. Um, whether or not Cyborg will factor into this story in any way without Fisher or recasting remains to be seen, but seems unlikely. Um, so first and foremost, big ups to Ray Fisher for sticking to his um, Sonic canon. Cyborg has one of those. <laughs> yeah. yeah, sticking to his Sonic canon yeah. about you know th this shit. He's like... He he smells some bullshit. Like he just he stepped in some bullshit. So like he's like, you know what? Fuck all this. And I don't I don't give a fuck. Who knows it? I'm just I'm gonna speak on what I saw. So and y'all can stay mad about it. Um Yeah, I mean I'm I'm always yeah, it's <laughs> it happens too often that uh, black characters in, in any movie movie genre get treated like crap like on the set. So um, I'm I'm not not discounting his story at all. Ne never have uh, like we we reported about this uh, uh, yeah. several times. But um, you know, for the, on the fan side, it is going to suck that we may not see Cyborg. Um, we may not see an, another Cyborg appearance uh, in the Flash, even if it was just a sh a short cameo. Yeah, um, like Cyborg. You know, he he's been a dope ass character. Like we've. I know, like, the, the 90s kids and, like, the early 2000s kids, like, grew up with uh, Teen Titans um, in, like, the early 2000s. So, like, that that uh, that cyborg voiced by Kerry Payton, you know, he was, um, you know, fundamental in our early, um, early black superhero um, shit. Um, our, you know, our, lo our love for the genre. So, yeah, it is, it is unfortunate that we will not, we will not get to see the Ray Fisher cyborg, you know, anytime soon, because it was a definitely a different iteration of the character. Like, uh, uh, he, uh, he wasn't the whole like booyah shit. He said booyah, but he was like, it's, it's booyah, but a nigga's depressed. Like my, <laughs> my life has been torn apart. So, but yeah, WB said, listen, listen, so Cyborg is not going to be in this Flash movie, but look, you got Cyborg in the Snyder Cut dropping on HBO Max in March. You got Cyborg in Doom Patrol that it just started filming season three. You got a Cyborg in there. You got another Cyborg in The Young Justice. Yeah, we, we, we got you got three different types of cyborgs for the near future. Y'all just gonna have to deal with it. You know, they, they, they say you like go look in the pantry, go go look in the back. Like there, there's some cyborg back there. You know, don't don't ask me for no we, we, we go in the store, don't ask me for no no new cyborg cameos. You we got cyborg at home. So don't don't even <laughs> 
Don't ask us for no more. That's it. Right in the pantry. It's, un- it's unfortunate, but damn. I'm just- it's very unfortunate. Like <laughs> just tired. Yo, this th- 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 this shit keeps popping up in the news. <laughs> Bro, all the damn time. Like I hate it. And yes. I hate that like he was treated so badly. Um and these motherfuckers still get to like keep their jobs and shit. Like mm. Ugh. Ah, uh, well, yeah, it's what the cookie crumbles. I mean, yeah. Um, D- DC has it, it. DC stays on some uneasy shit. Like I feel like the DC universe at this point is somewhat cursed. Cause, girl, <laughs> girl, dub dub eight four. Listen, was, was just, not that girl. I'm sorry. <laughs> all I gotta say is like, really, DC. Um, your bag is animated shit. Yeah. That's your motherfucking bag. Yeah, like y'all, y'all excel. Yeah. Y'all y'all really shit. need to just walk balls that you know you, you can win. <laughs> so like just stick to the yes. animated game. Yeah, because y'all kill. Um I enjoy so much of your animated shit. So um live action girl, uh maybe I don't know what to tell you. I really don't know at this point. I really don't know. Yeah, we're not going to talk too much about Wonder Woman. Like, yeah, we talked. I mean, like we we you know over the break we discussed it like on online here, like ad nauseum. Low hates it. That was definitely a time. <laughs> um, so like me eating jerk ribs with uh with a red cabbage slaw while watching Wonder Woman eighty four was the best part of Wonder Woman eighty four. <laughs> like without my jerk ribs, the movie is nothing. To be honest, mm-hmm. just yeah, just gonna just say that. Uh, moving on. Um, in some shocking news, a prolific plus size, dark skin black woman is going to be in a biopic, and she's getting her own biopic. And get this, she's going to be played by a plus size dark skinned black woman I'm gonna let that sit never thought I'd see the day baby never thought um suddenly life has new meaning to me I just what is going on I I I when I saw that I was like yo I need to know who these casting directors are like this some people wait a lifetime for a moment like this okay all right back all right to the story (laughs) so actress raven goodwin has been tapped to play the legendary actress hattie mcdaniel the first african-american to ever win an oscar in behind the smile the indie film is being produced by jamie mccoy lankford of Hillionaire Productions and Global Genesis Group, which is also handling sales. Gregory Blair penned the screenplay for the inspiring story of McDaniel, who famously played Mammy in 1939's Gone with the Wind, a role that earned her the Oscar for Best Supporting Actress. She wasn't allowed to sit amongst her peers during the segregated ceremony. McDaniel endured racism, and racial segregation throughout her storied career. 
She also faced backlash from the black community, including the NAACP, for taking on stereotypical maid or slave roles. She passed away in 1952 at the age of 57. Despite the criticisms, McDaniel has no doubt left an indelible mark in Hollywood. Most recently, Queen Latifah portrayed McDaniel in Ryan Murphy's Netflix miniseries, Hollywood. Um, Raven Goodwin is such a phenomenal, excuse me, such a phenomenal talent and a gift to this project, said McCoy Lankford. In our first meeting on Zoom, she already showed the kind of passion that is befitting such a complex and iconic character as Hattie, Mc, excuse me, as Hattie McDaniel was. Goodwin most recently starred in the Lifetime movie, The Clark Sisters, First Ladies of Gospel, the true story of gospel group The Clark Sisters, which marked the network's highest rated original movie since 2016. Other credits include BT's Being Mary Jane, Showtime's Smilf, and Fox comedy feature Snatched with Amy Schumer and Goldie Hawn. Hattie, you did it. Because of your legacy, we are able to write and portray ourselves in whatever light we choose, Goodwin extolled. I am forever honored. I look forward to bringing this important historical and relevant life story to the screen. Whew. So this is this is really huge. Like usually like especially when it when it comes to historical characters, they they get lightened up or they just they get they get miscast all the damn time. It's just old hat. So like <laughs> After after going through the uh, the Nina Simone Zoe Saldana fiasco, yeah, this this was a breath of fresh air to me. I was like, oh my god, like people like just they just get it. They they just they literally just like thank you, thank you, casting director, thank you so much. Really appreciate it. Um. So Hattie McDaniel, um, yeah, she she did play the role of Mammy. When you hear when you hear black people talk about the Mammy stereotype, which is the the subservient um, black woman who is co- who is constantly you know um, making sure the white characters are okay, making sure the the white characters kind of like reach their you know reach their goal in a film. Or, you know, like, you know, she's like, you know, she was like, I guess the blueprint, you know, for that, for that trope. And, you know, in the past, like, you know, she, she was coming up in like the thirties, forties and like fifties. So like she, like the, the amount of bullshit that she had to deal with, yo, like it, it, I, un, unimaginable. Mm -hmm. So the, the fact that she gets to be portrayed by a full-figured, dark-skinned, you know, black actress is um, it is amazing, and it's like they, it's like the the people behind this are like truly, you know, respect, um, you know, respect um, her her life and you know her her legacy. Uh, my only, yeah, the only downside is that the project is being directed by a white person, so. I don't want to give this movie too much, but it's it's something, it's something, y'all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, Lord, and 
like I I love um love Queen Latifah, but when I saw that she was playing Hattie McDaniel in Hollywood, I was like, wait, wait, she like um she's not she doesn't she she's a, she's light she's yeah. light like I'm like um, <laughs> this ain't a dark skinned woman I'm like what, what what why why yeah yeah. I've never watched Hollywood. Um, I actually, you know, I've like, heard good things about it. Was it was actually really like I, I, I like minus that part and kind of like the the black the the black white gay trope. Like I, I like I liked it. Um, e- Laura Harrier has my heart forever. <laughs> that woman is beautiful. She's gorgeous. She just is like she has star quality. Like she's just pretty. Like ugh, <laughs> we love it. But. Um, and the way, reason I, I connected because it was um, it was this black writer, this black queer writer who was trying to get his script, you know, passed through to Hollywood, and you know he he had to get into sex work in order to you know make the money you know in order to kind of like you know to live off of to kind of you know get his you know get his foot in the door, so. Um, I am an aspiring um, screenwriter, um, part-time hoe, so I, I related. Um, <laughs> it, Dre, oh yeah, Dre, you're not like yeah, you're you're just nodding in agreement. So not. Oh even, yes, yes. Not even I'm sorry. Kind of... <laughs> I was gonna let you have your moment. Let just just <laughs> leave me out here, bro. But all right, we we gonna see. We we will see from like the the first trailer. I don't like to judge from trailers. Um, I I may I may take a page out of other movie reviewers' um, bags and like not just stop watching trailers because you know they they do tend to give a lot away. So I'm I might I might do that. Um, I might try that this year or or do it a little bit more this year. I, may, I, I don't think mm-hmm. I can go. I don't think I can go cold turkey because yeah I'm I, I need me some content. <laughs> but all right, we we gonna see. We gonna see. Drake says it. <laughs> in Marvel television news minutes after Aaron Moorhead and Justin Benson were announced as two of the directors for Marvel Studios upcoming Moon Knight series Moorhead expressed his excitement in a tweet following news earlier this week that confirmed Oscar Isaac's casting as Mark Spector mo- both Moorhead and Benson commented on their new gig um, I still can't quite wake up from this dream I'm having that we're directing Oscar Isaac in a Marvel show. Moorhead tweeted, it's really happening. Benson added, we're directing some episodes of Marvel's Moon Knight starring Oscar Isaac. I had this comic handed to me when I was eight years old and haven't stopped thinking about it since. And with Muhammad Diab also on it, genius director of Clash, tempted to thank an ancient lunar deity. Moorhead and Benson will join Muhammad Diab as the directors of the Disney Plus show. Dieb is also acting as showrunner while Umbrella Academy scribe Jeremy Slate ran the show's writer's room. So, I love me some Oscar Isaac. I think, yeah, Oscar Isaac is a very, very attractive man. <laughs> um, so, like, the, just, yeah, I just put, just put him in, put him in a costume, put him, like, I just, I, I love, like, I, I see, I, I see attractive, Actors, I'm just like, 
make them a superhero, please. <laughs> just put them in the, you know, he, he gonna look clean as fuck in this, like, in the, like, like Moon Knight is, like, got this, like, all-white um, outfit. Hopefully it's not all-white. Hopefully it's, like, some, like, specks of black in there. Like, like, like this motherfucker gonna come out looking like a, a fucking Klansman. And, you know, <laughs> throwing, like, moon moonerangs and shit. Um, but uh, Mark Mark uh, Specter, um, so he's a he's a former uh, Marine. Um, he, like the the story behind um, Moon Knight is he is a Jewish American rabbi's wayward son. Um, he's a heavyweight boxer, you know, before becoming a U.S. Marine, and. Um, while working for an African mercenary, um, you know, he, he stumbles upon an archaeological dig, um, which uncovered an ancient temple where artifacts included a statue of the Egyptian moon god Khonsu. Intent on looting the gig, um, like one of the guys he was working with, like, kills one of the dudes that was, that was um, you know, doing, working on the archaeological dig. Um, so that, you know, that shit's wild. Um, Spectre, um, he, he tries to fight the dude that, that killed the, the archaeologist and he gets his ass whooped and he's left to die in the desert. <laughs> Cause yeah, it, it may be hot, super hot during the day, but deserts get cold as fuck at night. So the Egyptians who worship the ancient gods, they found, um, found Mark Spectre. They carried him to the temple and you know he they laid him um underneath this uh, the statue of Konsu and um the god appears to him in this vision and offers offers him a second chance like he was like all right i'm gonna let you live but i'm gonna need that body bro so so he wakes up wraps himself in um you know some some white well excuse me it's it's technically silver and uh, he goes back, um, fights the dude, like Bushman, that's the dude who, who the, the fucking mercenary dude. Um, and he's like, all right, I am going to be the Moon Knight, a.k.a. the Fist of Konsu. That's that's his jam. He's a detective. Um, he knows martial arts. Um, and he uses, you know, high-tech equipment. Ba- basically, they were like, um... So we can't really do Daredevil at the at the moment. So let's do something Daredevil esque, <laughs> like a street level warrior who like we don't really have to, we don't really have to pay a whole lot of money when it comes to um, special effects. We can just have some. We can just have this motherfucker like fight, like punch motherfuckers and throw throw moon shaped crescent like croissant shaped <laughs> batarangs at motherfuckers, and you know we we can we can just bang that out real quick so i'm so I'm, batman batman with multiple personalities there we go so yes batman <laughs> <laughs> pretty much pretty much yeah um yeah um it, and it'll be it'll be interesting to see like how they portray um mental disorders or you know or me- mm-hmm. mental mental conditions and Hopefully they don't fuck this up because like, yeah I have a 
um, yeah, I, I have a friend. Yeah, he 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 does he he does suffer from this like this mental condition, and you know, and part part of the reason like why he loves uh, Moon Knight is because you know he uh, he he has the same you know mental condition. So hopefully you know they they don't fuck that part up, um, you know, for the homie. So ho- hopefully he he has the, he has the ability to you know in, enjoy this TV show, um, in that regard. So um, we shall see. Um, I think um, I think that show is dropping next year, along with um, yeah, a- along with uh, like a-, a bunch of other stuff that we that we announced on that they-, they announced on the Disney Plus like Twitter thread. So they- so look look out for that. Uh, moving right along to our last piece of uh, nerdy nugget uh, news. <sighs> Like, let me let me take a sip because <laughs> just... newcomers to the show is this is something you should know about me is that I rep Power Rangers to the death. Absolutely. I am a well, let me not say teenager. I am a person with attitude at heart through and through. Zordon is my homeboy. For years now, I always um I always took comfort in the fact that I could hop on the flicks of net and pick any season of Power Rangers that I wanted and just watch an episode um, and just get that get that nostalgia buzz. And I can you know remember um, where I was in life when that season of Power Rangers was airing. I can be like, oh, okay, that I was in that grade when I was in the, like that one. Oh, like oh, like third grade was time force like second grade was lightspeed rescue like so you know so or some or maybe shifted a little bit so on and so forth you know but i could you know go on netflix click in any any and all seasons i could just click and just watch to my heart's content but no longer no longer the majority of the power rangers tv series available on netflix from the franchise is currently scheduled to leave Netflix on February 1st, 2021. This represents hundreds of hours of content potentially due to leave. That means Mighty Morphin, Alien Rangers, Zeo. Oh, and this includes like Tokusatsu shit. So like Metal Hero, like kids who transform into like motherfuckers in suits, like the it's all going. So Zeo, Beetleborgs is going turbo in space, Lost Galaxy. Lightspeed Rescue, Time Force, Wild Force, Ninja Storm, Dino Thunder, SPD, Mystic Force, Operation Overdrive, Jungle Fury, RPM, Samurai, Super Samurai. Okay, well, they they well, the they don't matter after you know RPM. But 722 episodes of Power Rangers are set to leave Netflix. Like 10 and a half days of content, y'all. I but but we will still have um. The original Mighty Morphin Power Rangers season, like, well, the four, four seasons, technically four. So it's the, the original three, and then the fourth season that they're talking about, they did, like, a revamped version of the first season. They did, like, the first season, but with, like, um, with, like, factoid bubble weird shit that no one watched. 
because they, there was like a there was like a lull in like once I think it was after RPM it was like there was one there was a whole year where there was just no new Power Rangers <laughs> so there's that we get Ninja Steel I don't care about that season Super Mega Force I don't care about that one there's Power Rangers Samurai Christmas Together Friends Forever no Power Rangers Samurai Class of the Red Rangers no. Power Rangers Super Samurai Trickster's Treat. No, girl. Power Rangers Super <laughs> Samurai Stuck on Christmas. And Power Rangers Beast Morphers, which I like sometimes. Um, oh, God. No announcement has come from Hasbro, Saban, or Netflix on the removals. Although we have the, um, they, um, what's on Netflix.com did reach out. So while the licensing rights for Power Rangers are pretty muddy, we believe that Hasbro who acquired Saban in 2018, is who distributes the show, despite the fact that Fox, ABC, and Nickelodeon have all aired the series in the past. Um, as of right now, no new streaming home has been announced for Power Rangers, but, um, yeah, it's it, it's up in the air. Um, it is worth noting that the next Power Rangers series, Dino Fury, has Netflix listed as one of the distributors, although Entertainment One is believed to be distributing it. And all these shows will be gone February 1st so I'm not even gonna I'm not even I'm not gonna say that Hasbro woke up and chose violence it's just they (laughs) they chose that years ago when they felt when they you know did that contract years ago for streaming rights years ago so we could watch years ago um I'm just I'm taken aback I am beside myself like that's literally how I felt when uh, Netflix took Charmed off the air. Not Charmed! Oh, yeah, they took the OG Charmed. They have, like, the new Charmed, which is like, okay, girl, whatever, but they took the OG off. And it's because, you know, they, they moved it to the CBS. Is it CBS streaming? Yeah, I think so. Um, but a lot of these places are taking their stuff off of Netflix and, like, Hulu so they could put it on their own personal streaming on service. On their own shit. And I'm just like, no, And that's like, another cost. Right. It's like, we have to keep on... I'm like, nigga, we got rid of cable so that we don't have to do this shit. And now we gotta pay for this one, and this one, and this one, and, and this, this one. one. Nigga, might as well get cable. Like, ugh. This is annoying. This is why... I hate that yeah. they moved that. Like, this like is, especially, you know what I mean, for the younger kids. Yeah, for the kids. kids be able to watch just it. watch it for free. Right. Well, and they can say free, that... Yeah. Well, not for free, you know, on, on their parents' dime, but, you know, for right. them. To them. To exactly. you. To you. Right. For free. Right. Um... I want my things. This is why people buy box sets of shit. That's why they buy the shit on Blu-ray so that when they have it, like it's theirs, they can watch it whenever they want. Exactly. It sucks because like I I move around a lot, so I really can't be like holding on to a whole bunch of like movies and shit like that. So like I like the fact that I could just, you know, I I can pay for a streaming service and like I can watch, you know, all, all the shit. Well, you yeah. know, so, like, there are a lot of people who they buy, like, you know, like, box sets and, like, you know, whole seasons and whole series, and then they uh, load it to their computer, put it, on, put it on an external hard drive, and just carry that around. So that's an option. Just, you know, in case you're looking for something to do, you know, in the future. You smart. <laughs> you a genius. <laughs> you the best. You just get like a one terabyte joint. Lie on all your shit on there. <laughs> that nigga Snapchatted 
him being lost at sea. Wait, who? DJ Khaled. The, that, the, that, oh. That's the references that I was making. That shit. That shit. Okay. Yeah. He Snapchatted that, that whole entire thing. He needs, to, he needs to be the new announcer for the next season of Power Rangers. <laughs> <laughs> the dinosaurs came back! <laughs> Putting the hinges in the hands. Power Rangers. Dino Fury. Let's go. Number one. Listen. We the best. We global. <laughs> we global. We galaxial. I know that ain't a word, but I just made it. The Green Ranger's a woman. What? <laughs> they ain't never did that. All right. Let me let me stop. <laughs> All right. Wow. Yeah, we, we've been at this for a while. But you know it's our first episode back, and exactly. you know, and we're only doing one episode a week, so we you know we can right. We talking our shit, talking our shit, boy. <laughs> so all right, that wraps up um, the geek culture segment, nerdy nuggets, Wanda dripping. Um, we are going to take a quick break, and when we come back, ooh, yes, ooh, God. when we come back. <laughs> shit for that ass. We got us a fat black queer rapper by the name of Dapper Dan Midas or DDM um, and we are going to chop it up with him for a while. Um, I've wanted to have a queer rapper like on the show for a while now and I, if I hadn't have been dragging my feet up, we, uh, we probably, probably could have gotten him last year but we got him now. We got him now and yeah, y'all y'all gonna like it. We 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 kiki for a, a little bit. Yeah, um, we, we we gonna uh, take a little break, and we will be right back. I'm in my bed like Aretha Franklin. Spill tea like a clumsy waitress. Excuse me while I take a few sips. Pinky out like I was British. I ain't got time to hear the dumb shit. You can't stop my bag, bitch. You can't stop my bag. You can't stop my bag, bitch. You can't stop my bag. You can't stop my bag, bitch. You can't stop. All right, and we're back with the first guest of the year. And you know I had to bring someone special. He's a black queer rapper from Baltimore who spits fire through his gold grills while dressed to the motherfucking nines. His album's Beautiful Gowns and The Ballad of Omar, as well as his newest single, Stop My Bag, are streaming on Apple and Spotify right now. It is our honor to present to y'all the Secretary of Shade, Y'all give it up for DDM. How you doing? Hey, thank you for having me. Um, um, it's an honor and a oh, pleasure. Oh my God. So like, so here's here's how like I, I found out about you. So like me and Dre were talking, like, like, yeah, like it is like I see a bunch of like queer rappers out, but like we're the bigger guys. Like we're like the like the plus size like queer rappers. So like I was like, I just I just hit like my friends up on Twitter. I'm like, yo, like. Where the thick niggas at? And then like, yeah, my uh, I, I have the best like mutuals in the world, and like they somebody linked me to um, your um, he say she say video, and I'm like, yo, this is exactly what I requested. <laughs> like the the yeah, the, like the the '90s aesthetic mixed with like today, like the the with like like the Kooji sweater like with the acrylic nails. I'm like, it's yeah, I, I'm I'm living for all of it. Yeah, I'm like, it's like um, 
and a Baltimore like, like, rapper. Like, come on, son. Love it, love it. I was like, you know, like, <laughs> like what if, like, what if Notorious B.I.G. was queer or out? But you know, that that's whatever. But <laughs> all right. All right so, <laughs> first, <laughs> first question. So one line that really stood out to us in your album, uh, Beautiful Gowns, was they hate a confident fat bitch. So what inspires you to be your best self? Um, you know, I've made a lot of mistakes in my life. I have tried to be many things for many people and it's never really done anything for me. Um, and it really hasn't serviced me or gotten me any further. Um, so in this stage of my life where I'm at, uh, it's really pressing and important for my well-being that I just be the most authentic self that I can be um, and someone that I can go to bed at night and feel like, okay, I lived my best life today and that's all I can really ask for, you know? Love it. So um, when did you decide you wanted to rap? Ah. Oh. Gosh, I'm ancient, right? So like I've been <laughs> I've been rapping. I, I thank God that I don't look the way that I lived. I said that on Ballad of Omar, but it's very true. Mm -hmm. Um I started rapping in the early two thousands, really around ninety-nine, if I'm being honest. Really? Um and I, you know, I saw you know, I come from the glam era of hip hop, you know, Puffy, mm. Biggie, Kim, Rockefeller, you know, these are all, you know, dynasties and, and groups that, you know, you wanted to be there. Like you wanted a bad boy jacket. Like you yeah, wanted yeah. to, you yeah. know, go to the No Way Out tour. And um, I couldn't sing. Um, my voice was not halfway where it is now, but I could rap. Um, and I, I started becoming really good at it. And I was like, this is what I want to want to do. I want to pursue this and give it a go. Awesome. Yeah, we, we definitely see like all those influences like in, in your, your music video, your, your style. Like, yeah, we, yeah. yeah we, we live for all of it. So lately, there's been an influx of queer Black artists gaining visibility, you know, within uh, mainstream society, you know, especially queer rappers. You know, there's been a lot more acceptance and, you know, uh, tolerance. So what was it like coming up in the game as a queer rapper? Were you were you always out like when you were, you know, when when you were making your music? Well, the thing is, you know, being from Baltimore City, like that wasn't a possibility in the beginning. Like, you know, for those who are familiar with just hip hop history in general, like you just didn't do that. Um, and I just had to be a great rapper. Of course, people always talked about me behind the scenes. Oh, his voice is high pitched when he talks, but when he raps, it's different. You know, you have mm -hmm. different mannerisms and hand gestures. And at this time, you know, we were swimming in oversized white tees, Jabot jeans and Air Force Ones. Mm -hmm. That was pretty much the look. Um, it wasn't until around, I want to say, <laughs> Here's the thing. Kanye West and Andre 3000 gave gay people a way to be experimental and creative, but also a way to hide at the same time. Yeah. So yeah. It would, you can have, oh, he's creative, or he's a hipster, or he's, you know, all of these things. So around 2009, 2010, 
Oh, I'm old. Uh, I started seeing, uh, <laughs> I started seeing, um, started changing my appearance. And I also started becoming a better artist because I always as well, in addition to being someone who did battles and ciphers, I always like, like in the ERD, of course, in Neptune's work, Khalees. And I was trying to figure out a way how to incorporate that into my sound and into my aesthetic. So around 2011, I said, you know what, we, we're not going to keep doing this. You know, Lady Gaga was out, you know, Kasha Rihanna was on her run. I was like, fuck it. Yeah. I mean, and, and, and come out. And that's really what started it, you know? Yeah. Phoenix Force shit. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Um, so we noticed a big tonal shift between your last two projects. Um, Beautiful Gowns was giving fun party vibes while the Battle of Omar was gutter as fuck. As know? fuck, and we um, live for it. I live for it. Like I saw, <laughs> yes. like I was like, oh, this 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 first one. I'm like, oh my god, he's so cute. He's giving like the yeah, like the, oh the smile. And like I go to the, the other like the Battle of Omar. I'm like, I I did like check my ribs real quick. I was like, are, are we? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what inspired uh, you what inspired this change in aesthetic um you know here's the thing and i'm gonna be very honest with y'all i feel like in society we don't like for people to be three-dimensional it's like mm -hmm. you're this type of artist you're this type of guy you're this type of person and that's what it's going to be right and i feel like as human beings we are very 3d you know and what I love about Beautiful Gowns and Omar, Beautiful Gowns represents um, the end product of a journey that was many years in the making. The Ballad of Omar represents the beginning of that journey. So it's really kind of like an origin story. The Ballad of Omar is very true and it's very me, but it's me at a different point in time, right? So when I was doing the Ballad of Omar, my manager, Hustle, he was like, you got to show these niggas that you can rap, da, 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 because I've had major label meetings. And they, when you're a queer person, especially when you fat or plus size, confident, a little on the tall side slightly, and you got acrylics that can scratch out people's face, they don't really know what to do. <laughs> exactly. <And Right>. they, <laughs> They don't, they, they looking, I never forget, I did a huge meeting with a very, very, very big record label, like I like iconic in this era, right? And we go in and we do the meeting and we play them he say, she say video, um, which I pay for all of my stuff out of pocket. So all these grand wow. productions y'all be seeing, this is my money. You know, one mm -hmm. thing about queer people, we find a way to make it work. Exactly. And we're going to get the bag wow. some kind of way. Spots coming on that 10. Truck full of ammo. Left hand chop full of stones like Thanos. Bump stock on the handle. If a nigga want board, then he better wear camo. All these imposters. Jacking the sauce in my pasta. Your man got that look like he played for my team. Might want to check your roster. He said, she said, he said. Hold up, hold up. She said. He said, she said, he said, she said, I ain't got time for no he said, she said, she said. So I'm playing them all the stuff. You know, my manager playing them all the stuff. And and what a lot of people don't know, and a lot of major labels now, it's not like back in the day 
where such and such liked you and they just signed you. No, because the money is different um, in this era. Like a lot of the labels, you got to be signed off on by a couple of people, right? Mm-hmm. And the first A&R, he loved it, into it, responsible for me getting the meeting. The second A&R was not, he did not know what to do with me. How to, like he, he was, it was a lot going on. So long story short, we don't get the deal. And so Hustle's like, and mind you, Hustle is, is a straight male from Chicago, from South Side of Chicago, I believe. Mm-hmm. From, he's from Chicago, but that's his origin story, but he's from Chicago. And he's like, you know, I think what was interesting about that meeting, and sorry, I'm rambling, but. No, keep, no, take your time. Take your time, Pastor. <laughs> <laughs> What's interesting is that I think it was very important that he got to see that meeting in real time because it wasn't until that point that I don't think he understood what it, we go through mm-hmm. as black queer people. We're not mm-hmm. talking about the white girls. We're talking about black queer people. Mm-hmm. What mm-hmm. we go through in a lot of spaces and for a lot of things. And when he saw that meeting, because he, he told me, shut up, he said, I've taken artists to meetings with a third of what you had. Listen. And have gotten them pushed through. And he was like, he was like, when you, of course, when you look at the quality of my visuals, I think that they're top notch. They can definitely compete. Um, my products are good. The presentation is there. It just needs to be amplified, right? Mm-hmm. And I think at that moment, he said, I couldn't believe it. Like, he really couldn't believe it. And I said, I know why. And the thing is, you know what's so sad is that it was two men of color, those A&Rs. It wasn't white folks. Mm. It wasn't, this wasn't even a white label, per se. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. To be honest, as Black queer people, if you talk, look at a lot of the Black queer artists who are super successful or as successful as we come, a lot of their teams, you'll notice there's not a lot of Black people in those teams. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't surprised. Was I let down? Yeah, because we fight so hard to get into these buildings. Like, I fought 10 plus years just to get a meeting. I remember when they wouldn't even see the Black girls for a meeting. And so it while it was an accomplishment to get a meeting with a company on that level, it was like dangling a card in my face that I could never catch. And people will say, oh, well, Lord and I is Jackson, young M.A. And I, I, I try to explain to them, I said, they're unicorns. I said, and Lord and I X wasn't gay until he had a diamond record. Exactly. And, exactly. And, and with young, young M.A., like, she likes women, so straight men can like you know put themselves in her shoes. They can they can yep. visualize that. Yeah. So yep. Hustle goes, we gonna show these they like at this point he's mad, <laughs> not mad, but he's like he he it, you know people mm-hmm. people feel some kind of way when they're like what the fuck is like what's going on right yeah. So Hustle like we gonna show these niggas you can rap like you go like you gotta come hard on your like you know like take me back to that Baltimore shit. I said oh. 
<laughs> That's easy. <laughs> yes. So uh hit up um my mentor and homie uh Dwayne Lawson. He's from West Baltimore like me, but he moved to Atlanta. Um but I wanna say seven, eight years ago. And I said, Dwayne, I need West Baltimore hip hop gritty like how we used to do the ciphers. He was like, say less. Everybody hit the ground. I don't wanna hear a sound. Run a tap tap, but I brace for the impact. Pressing my buttons like a Roku. So I had to spaz on them like Goku. I was looking for the green like Whole Foods. Till it got burned up with the Amazon. Nigga, whole wardrobe off Amazon. Hope it came with investment and Teflon. Uh. I was really in these streets, looking up to you niggas like traffic lights. Then I found out that you ain't real life. Shitting on me, did your ass get white? These hoes wanna eat me, eat me. I'ma have to hit them with the rat cha cha. These hoes wanna eat me, eat me. I'ma have to hit them with the rat cha cha. So he started sending me records, and the Omar concept was something that I had for a while. But my talent and my songwriting ability wasn't where it needed to be when I first thought of it to properly execute it. So now, fast forward, I'm in a place where I can actually deliver it. So I said, we're going to tell the story of me, but also the stories of us. The stories of what it's like to be a Black queer man in an inner city area, East Coast, um, and, and what that experience is like, what it's like to date somebody who will not hold your hand in public and you're not, you're so entrenched in the ideology of where you are that you don't, you aren't offended by that. It's a certain unspoken, you know, understanding or, or, or past that you give it. What's that like to date someone who you see in the streets, but behind closed doors is a very romantic person. Mm -hmm. What's it like to go to school and be plus sized and, you know, not be the best and the girls don't like you and you don't understand why because you haven't quite figured out yet that you don't really like girls. You're still trying to figure that out and you're trying to put yourself in this construct because the guys of that era didn't have the examples that exist now. You talk to yeah. a lot of queer men uh, of of that were born in the 80s who were kids in the 90s, teenagers in early 20s and the 2000s. The way that we view things are just different from the kids who are 20 now. And that's why I always preach, and I'm going on a tangent. No, keep going. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's why I always when I talk to the new girls, right? Um, when I talk to them and they're like, well, no, they need to understand it. This is this way XYZ and that. I say you have to understand that you live in a time that people died, fought, and sacrificed for you to live in. You have all of these luxuries, you can dress however you want to dress in, in a lot of major areas now and do the things that you want to do because there were people that sacrificed for that. It's just like when you watch RuPaul's Drag Race now, like all of these girls do all of these things and I'm so glad that they got Tamisha Iman on the show because she's a girl from the 90s, you know? Mm -hmm. And when we lived in the 90s, it was certain constructs. Yes, you're going to talk to guys who still say top and bottom and that's still a thing for them. That's that's the era that they come from. It doesn't mean that people 
are above learning, but you can't just expect for a lifetime of trauma, a lifetime of surviving, because living within these constructs is a form of survival. You can't expect for people to just throw all of that away and forget it because Lady Gaga is out and you get to do what you want to do now. That's just not realistic. So I made the ballad of Omar very much so for those boys, for the men like me who still, even with all of this renaissance going on, don't see themselves really at all in media. Yeah. So you had to hit him with the rock chop chop. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, that's my favorite like I track. Of, of, I'm like, Thank uh, you. Like Miss Cam, like, yo, she fucking like ate that. Like, yo, where'd you find her? Like, yo, she, yo. Oh, she just put out an album, um, New Year's Eve, um, Two-Face. Mm. She's from West Baltimore, like me. Nice. Um, and uh, very talented, um, very... You know, she gives me the feel like a lot of these new girls. I just don't believe them. Like I don't believe. Like you know, I, I don't believe. Um, you know, I, it's like uh, I've gotten back into wrestling. I haven't rocked since like the early two thousands, and I'll be like, oh, I used to live for Miss Jackie, Lita, Trish, Sable, China, and like with the exception of the few of the new girls. I just don't believe you. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I uh, love that. Uh, let, let's talk about your new single, uh, Stop My Bag. Like, yes. uh, it, it, it's, it's really fun. It's really upbeat. Uh, the, the music video is dope. Like, you, like you, um, you got a big old like, dress on, but you also like, you know, you switch up your, your styles and that. Um, what was it like shooting that music video? Oh, let me tell you. Oh, my God. No, right. no, keep going. Keep, <laughs> yeah, let's talk about it. Um, Stop My Bag um, was a song. I didn't really think much of it, to be honest. You know, you write so many songs. Um, Dave wrote over at Molly House, like the record, he was like, I want to, you know, put the record out. I'm like, okay, cool. Like, we can put out a single together. Great. Because um, in my mind, as an artist, you'd be like, oh, this isn't my most prolific work. Like, this isn't, like, I just did the Ballad of Omar Sist. That was giving storyline, the ads, yeah. like whatever. But then I was thinking, I was like, it would be nice to end such a wretched year on a fun note. So at first I wasn't going to do a video for it. Then I was like, it's bigger than you thinking this song is going to be a life changer. It's about building your legacy. So I was like, okay, let's do a visual. So uh the way I create, I create like a fashion designer from when I'm writing songs to when I'm putting together albums to when I'm doing videos. So I sketched out the four looks that I was going to do. Um, so I started uh, sourcing material to create the medieval nun look. Um, yeah, yeah, I like the that. chain metal piece for that um, and put the pieces together because I style and, 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 and storyboard all of my videos. Then I put together the hairdress look with the the metal collar, the Gucci look, um, and then we had the German general look in the dining room. Um, for that video, I hired the same director I used for He Say, She Say, Nick Corey. And um, we shot that video in seven hours. 
I've rented um, a mansion in um, Ellicott City, which is in a county just outside of Baltimore. Oh, no, I lived in, like, I'm, I'm from Howard County, so I know where that is. Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay, great. Yeah. Okay. Are you all are in Maryland? Uh, well, I'm I'm yes. Mar- I'm Maryland Virginia. I'm Maryland Virginia. Uh, yeah, Dre Dre is a uh, VA plant from New York. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. Okay, so y'all are familiar. Mm-hmm. So I went to mansion, and here's the thing: I learned something new with every project I do, right? So I had to rent the mansion um, at the artist rate, which was still high as hell, because mm-hmm. um, they shoot like Netflix stuff in there, Discovery Channel. Um, we had to rent by the hours. So I said, we're going to do eight hours. Um, I had to get production insurance because a lot of those um, things that y'all see in there, the coffee tables, the tea sets, those are all antiques. So whenever you're shooting oh, in a wow. place like that, they require production insurance in the event that something gets damaged. So I had to um, call Mari Donnelly and Parr, um, which they were great um, in getting a production insurance. That took about three days. You have to apply for the production insurance. Then they ask you, are you doing stunts in a venue? Is there anything related to water, fire, fireworks, anything like that? Then they finally say, oh, you're approved for the policy. So I took out a $2 million policy for one day of shooting. Get out. One day of shooting. Um, And the price was kind of nominal. It was like two, I don't want to say it was nominal, but it was like 270 or something like that. Um, to ensure the property for that one day of shooting. So that's a lesson, kids. Production insurance. If you aren't in film, you're an artist, and you want to do some grand shit, you've got to cross your T's and dot your I's. Then when you do um, videos, now I'm getting ready to give a course. When you do music videos, a lot of times um, people are doing a lot of these running gun videos, which I love, um, but they only yield a certain type of quality. Sometimes you'll get lucky and you'll get viral and it'll be great and that's great but um one thing i learned about working on working with crews because it's not giving me and my homeboy with the cameras given we we have a staff okay we have a staff that's the one queer thing about me (laughs) which is going to be a staff okay Okay. so (laughs) you gotta have your director your gaffer your lighting person um stage hands crew hands because they got to carry the rigs in Craft um, services. You have your, right. Your, your, your dresser. Because like all them garments, like we just not stuffing the Gucci cloak in a trash bag, Seth. Okay. Like that's gotta be, <laughs> you, know, you know, that's gotta be bought out. Um, so you gotta do all of that, and then you have to coordinate with the owner of the property. You have to feed your staff because it's nothing worse than a hungry ass camera crew because they're gonna get tired and they're gonna give out on your ass. Um, but yeah, shoot that video was a lot of work, but it was also a lot of fun. It was probably the most relaxed I was on a set. Um, me and my makeup artist for this video, PK, um, I, I, I'm a, I think I'm gonna use PK more. I also use another makeup artist, um, Gigi Melrose, who did the makeup for um, He Said, She Said. But I say that to say this, um, these productions are a lot of work. Um, they're very expensive. But for the legacy that I'm trying to build, it's here's the thing, and I'm gonna be honest with you. If nothing comes of DDO, if nothing happens, right? I still want a child or a young person who looks like myself 
to be able to go on the internet and see themselves in a grand fashion. And that's what it's all about. You can be high fashion. You can be of stature. You can be a dignitary. You can be the best of things as you are um, if you just take the time and present yourself right. And that's really what it's about because music industry is a gamble. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a crapshoot, right? So who knows what will happen? We all go in with the best intentions, but you, know, you never know how it's going to pan out. And that's really what it's about um, is, is, is leaving a legacy for me. That's real. Yeah, thank you for that. So who are three people you'd love to collaborate with? Tyler, the creator. Um, I love Tyler. Um, even before, it was like, oh, Tyler's cold. Like, I like Tyler before it was popular than like Tyler. <laughs> um, Tyler, the creator. Um, and I'm basing this off of, like, kind of like what I like now not like of all time. Um, Casey Musgraves, I'd love oh. to do a record with Casey Musgraves. I'm such a fun. huge fan of hers. I love her writing, her pen and her approach to approach to songwriting. Um, and, hmm. and I would say at this point in time, uh, hmm. At this point in time, probably uh, Chris Stapleton. Chris Stapleton, I've his he's name a country artist. Oh yeah, he sounds familiar. Okay. Yeah, um, probably those th three. And the reason why I chose those three was because they all have a songwriting approach um, and an, an approach to point of view. They all three have a point of view. And for me, um, and when I look at the great artists of our time, um, point of view is, is really what separates everyone. Point of view in the pen, because I can be DDM and still have my aesthetic, but if my pen is weak, if my point of view isn't strong, if I'm not really telling you a story or, or giving you the soundtrack to your life, then have I really done my job, right? And giving someone the soundtrack to their life doesn't necessarily mean that it has to be this heavy, um, you know, prolific thing. The soundtrack to your life could also be shaking your ass and, you know, you know, tap in, well, tap in. Like, yeah, I, I get that from, um, I get the, I get that from pull up or, and I, I get that from fly on the wall, like either one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah but those three, um, I love Chris Stapleton's being. Um, project and I've loved probably Tyler's last one, two, three, four projects. Yeah, yeah, they're great storytellers. So yeah, those are great choices. Um, so you know, we're gonna lighten it up a little bit. Um, what <laughs> what superpower did you get on December twenty first? Oh God! <laughs> <laughs> oh my God! The superpower I got on December twenty first. Um, was not having to smack the shit out of my neighbor. That was the, that was the superpower <laughs> that I got. Uh, no, but seriously, um, yeah, I don't know. Like I dyed my hair, you know, I, I, my hair color changed. That was, it's okay. Only black people. Are 
<laughs> I was waiting though. I was waiting. I was, like I had did my nails in like a chrome because I'm like when these lightning bolts hit, bitch, it's my lick. That's exactly it. You know, nothing happened. Yeah, I mean, your claws look unbreakable. So there's that. Oh, yeah. We call this one Animal Planet. We did a snake skin and a tortoise shell. Oh, homegirl Mandy. She killed it. Pretty. I I, do. Do do you always like keeping it like an acrylic nail or is is that like, is that? Oh, yeah. That's signature at this point. I've been doing my nails. uh, Well, here's the thing. We always. And as black gay people, we inch and shit. We inch towards it. So it starts, it'll start off as, you know, a black polish, you know, short nail. Then it yeah. turned into a black and a white. Then it graduated from a black and a white to a metallic. Mm-hmm. Then it graduated to an acrylic. And now it's just like, let's give me the full set. Yeah, cool. <laughs> like, I, like, I'm, I'm cool with like, the, like nail, like it's 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 not even like the aesthetic. Like, oh, is it is it too feminine? I'm like, oh, I don't, I don't give a fuck about that. My thing is just um, practicality. Like in you know certain settings where you with like a a special someone. I'm like, how 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 does that? Um, <laughs> Here's the thing. Here's I, how the does thing. that work? <laughs> um, I'm gonna be honest with you. Number one, I've been single for what twelve years now. Um. Mm. But as far as my, you know, special people, you just learn how to maneuver with them. When you had them for so long, like I can type with these. I actually feel strange without them. Um, And people are like, oh my God, how do you wipe? How do you do this? How do you do that? I said, you do it like you do everything else. But I have never had any complaints. Um, I've never had any issues. Um, I've never damaged anyone. Okay, if anything, okay. there you go. <laughs> um, <laughs> if anything, it's so weird because, like, now, like, um, if I'm with someone, they be want me to scratch their back and shit, and I'm like, like, boy, like, ah, like, really? It's it's interesting. At first, um, I'm gonna tell you what, guys, it's so funny if because of how I present myself, which is in a more traditionally masculine way as far as my my everyday dress is. Mm. But when they see my nails, it really throws them off. Like when I um, go to the barbershop, like when I first started going to the barbershop, I could tell it was like, or like my trainer um, yeah. <laughs> in the gym, yeah. he was like, but now it's to the point where he's like, oh, watch your nails. I don't want to break your nails. Can we do this? I'm like, look, like, let's just, let's just do it. But um, oh, I've never no. had any complaints, any problems. Okay. I take care. I'm a very passionate person, very caring person. So I, I, I'm going to take care of you. You're going to be fine. All right. Nice. No, no complaints. No scratch prostates. We're all good here. Yes. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, speaking of which, uh, say someone slides in your DMs. Like, what's a line that'll get you um, open? Nobody like, does that. Believe it or not. I think people think I'm a fierce bitch. I really do. I think that because uh, I do have a very um, direct persona. Um, I'm big on conversation. um, And my voice is so loud. I do project, right? I think people see all of that. And I think a lot of guys, honestly, A, because I'm a strong person, both physically and mentally, mm-hmm. I think a lot of people really don't see me as like 
a person per se. They see me as, oh, it's just DDM, you know? Um, so believe it or not, nobody slides in my DMs, um, <laughs> like ever. <laughs> um, but I will say, no, it is this one guy from Italy. Um, he He's a tattoo artist. And when he sees this interview, he's probably gonna like send me a message. But it's this one guy from Italy um, who always says the most sweetest things um, to me. And it's a shock because when you look at him, um, you know, he's tatted up and like, he'll send me a video message here and there. And it's like way different. Like, I'm like, really? Like, I didn't know a lot of Italian men really, really like black men. And, um, you know, he says the most sweetest things. Oh, your dimples are so cute. Or, oh, they are. You know, they are. You know they, <laughs> thank you. Um, he says stuff like that. So, um, while I do appreciate a very direct individual, I also like somebody who's sweet and romantic because see, here's the thing with me. Um, for as nasty as I can be, I can also be very tame and boring. Like today before this interview, I'm in the house watching Torchwood on the BBC. You know, that's my <laughs> Come on, <life>. Torchwood. <laughs> you know, that's 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 my life. So nobody really sides in my DMs. Um, would I welcome it? Yes. Um, but just be respectful. Um, I'm not saying be dry or not be yourself, but let's just have a conversation. You never know where to take you. But I think a lot of people just be scared to have a conversation. They think I'm gonna bite their head off or something. Yeah. But are are your DMs open though? Oh yeah. You know, I'm not I'm not like, oh, don't message me. You know, like here's the thing. I've been uh I've the last relationship I was in was in 2008. Mm-hmm. Um Oh, it's been 13 years. Oh my goodness. Um, it was 2008. Um, and I'm here's the thing. I was a dummy in 2008, right? So like you go through your first relationship and it's like, oh my God, not realizing that you guys are just humping every day. And that's why I got together. <laughs> like you're just humping every day and that's what it is. And then you realize, oh, I actually have to get to know this person, but I can't get to know this person because I don't even know my fucking self, right? So yeah. after that relationship dissolved, um, I took the time and I really became a great artist. Um, I lived in a house full of artists, creative artists. And I just took those years to really get to know who I was as a person, what I wanted out of life, and what I did like and what I don't like, because sometimes, um, especially in gay life, um, you can be pressured into roles. You can be pressured into, oh, it should be like this. No, you can say, back up, nigga. Like, really, like, wait, you, you, you going too fast? Are you trying to put, like, no, you're not going to tear my shit up. You can, like, you can say that, right? <laughs> listen, yeah, listen. You got to... You gotta learn those those things. You gotta say, um, you can like sometimes I'll have a conversation with a guy, right? And they may look nice, but in talking with them, I always say this. You tell me what I need to know about you when we go out to eat. That's always the test for me. How you treat the wait staff. What is your mm, manners like exactly. in a public setting? And from that, you can be fine. I might fuck you. We might still do it. 
but we're not going to go there because you have shown me character traits that are indicative of someone that's not going to work for me in the long run. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it depends. I get that. Um, yeah. Short answer, yes. Yeah. <laughs> I'm giving you content. At DDM. <laughs> okay. All right. So, excuse me. Um, you know, we are a brunch podcast. Uh, we like to eat. So, uh, what's your favorite brunch spot? Oh, in Baltimore, it would have to be um, Blue Moon Cafe. They have this Captain Crunch French toast. What? That is out of this world. Yes, it's a Captain Crunch French toast. I'm totally giving them free advertisement. But it's a Captain Crunch French toast, and they um, dip it in a French toast batter with crushed Captain Crunch cereal. Yes, and they serve it um, with whipped cream on the top and a garnish of fruits, like fresh blueberries, raspberries, apples, bananas, and strawberries. It is the best. Thing ever like it's always it it's, yeah, it's, it's it's definitely that yeah yeah we yeah we love it uh yeah i'm 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 from maryland like virginia area so like my my favorite brunch item to like have it's like to make is a, a crab benedict like so good like i I've, i made that like three times last year i was like like i think I, I i went to like a crab shack to get crab cakes and like the third time i was like i'm just gonna make my own because that's yeah. you know. <laughs> now let me ask you this: because all crab cakes are not created equal. True. Um, first of all, it has to be Maryland crab meat, or or at the furthest North Carolina. Do not give me no crab meat from Indonesia, the South Pacific. <laughs> I Indonesia. Yeah, you know to look at the like. It's a thing, and maybe it's because I'm from Baltimore, and mm-hmm. crabs are like our thing, but. I always, when I go to the store or a place to get crab meat, I say, where's that crab meat from? They say North Carolina, or they say Virginia, or they'll say, and that's fine, but you have to look, like in the supermarkets, a lot of those those tubs be from like Indonesia, the South Pacific, and I'm like, nah, cut that. So I'm a crab meat snob. It, it, it's It's gotta be right, and don't make your crab cakes with bread. It better be saltines or some crab cake classic. Saltines. Okay. All right. Noted. Noted. Thank. Yeah. Thank you for that. Um, have you tried the Have you tried the Old Bay hot sauce? Um. Yeah. It was cute. Yeah. Yes, you know. It was cute. <laughs> <laughs> I think I got one bottle. I was like, I. I was like, oh, this is great. And then it was done. I just never re-upped. But I'm. I'm glad it's out there. You know. Yeah. Old Bay everything. <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, got one more question, then uh, you know we'll 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 let you go to get get back to your uh, uh, season of Torchwood. What are some words of wisdom that um, you have for a a young black queer fat rapper who you know wants to um, wants wants to just make art, so to speak? <laughs> Understand that you will probably have to work at a deficit. You're always going to be working at a deficit, but that's fine. Because in your deficit, it gives you agency to be very creative um, because no one expects for you to be creative. 
No one is expecting for you to be able to sit next to your more polished, skinnier counterparts. Um, I would say define your own glamour, define your own beauty. And that's from a visual aspect, an auditory aspect, define your own self because if you're looking for references, you're not gonna find any. You have to be the reference. So the beautiful thing about who you are is that you get to be the example for generations to come. So revel in that and understand the importance of it, but also understand the freedom of being someone and something that is not already classified. All right, thank you. Um, DDM, thank you so much for sitting with us uh, today. Um, oh, wow. thank you yeah, for having um, me. Yeah, thank you. Oh, God, this this is this has been great. First first interview of the year. Uh, I was like, I need to bag a queer rapper like for the first the first episode. And I was just like, I'm gonna do it. Like, I'm gonna do it. And you know, here we are. <laughs> so, where can they find you on on the internet? This is, uh, you know, it's pretty much all the same now. Branding. Um, uh, at Dapper Dan Midas, Um, on Twitter. Um, Instagram, um, TikTok, you know, same thing on all platforms. Um, I do have my political YouTube show, Secretary of Shades. Shout out to my cabinet members. Mm -hmm. You can just go on youtube.com slash Secretary of Shade. Um, and that's my platform um, where we discuss politics, pop culture. Um, you'll also see my music videos there. We actually have a website coming this year um, as well. And um, I'm pretty active on social, so I'm not hard to find. Just plug in one of those names somewhere mm -hmm. and I'll pop up. I'm sorry. One more, one last, one last thing. Um, sure. So, how did you get your name, Dapper Dan Midas? Okay, so my original rap name was Midas. That's what I was known for, known as locally for many years. And but Midas is like, can you really copyright that? Like that's gonna be. <laughs> a bitch in the Google search engine, right? right? Mm -hmm. um, so then um, at the time, you know, I had lost a significant amount of weight, you know, I was, you know, I had body, yaddy, yaddy, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so I was wearing all of the garments and um, when I used to go out and stuff, they was like, oh, Dapper Dan, da, da, da. Well, you know? So I put it together and just did Dapper Dan Midas. Um, and then I started spelling it out because from a um, search engine perspective, it's just easy to find it, right? But um, that's pretty much how I got it. One was my old, I just combined my old rap name with the nickname that I had. Because um, I've always been into fashion. I've always been, I'm not ashamed to say it. I'm a label whore. I love a high fashion moment and I don't feel bad for that. Love um, it. So we just put it together and uh, there you go. All right. Uh, thank you. All right. Um, all right, um, that wraps up another successful interview. We are going to take a quick break uh, to pay some bills. Um, I'm not going to say we're broke anymore because like we, we, we have made money. So we're going to take a break to pay some bills. Um, yeah, we, yeah, I think we can. Oh, uh, we, we've made enough that we can afford. Um, we can pay a Hulu bill every month. 
that that is that's something so yeah we're gonna take a break to pay our hulu bill and we will be right back i think it's too heavy i think it's too i think it's too heavy i think it's too i think it's too heavy i think it's too heavy i think it's too And we are back. And now it is time for the first sample platter of the year. So we call this one the Braggadocia sample platter. So each of us pick three songs that has like a, a an extremely like dope ass like swag like one one line or two lines of the whole song where the, the 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 motherfucker just just goes the fuck off like just for no reason and i'm gonna start off light and then i'm i'm gonna build i'm gonna build so Drake, would you like to go first or should i go first what 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 sh- what should we do what should we do here i'll go first all right let's go ahead and i have no i have no like order um, because for me, all of these are just fucking, you know, re- when I heard all of these verses, it took me a while to get all, over them um, in their own ways. So the first one I will I will play um, is probably one of the one of the verses that like define a career. Um, OK. So the first song I'm going to play, actually I'm not even going to play the whole song. It's going to be that verse. Um, it's uh, the Nicki Minaj's verse on I Monster. I pull up in the bank with a funny face, and if I'm fake, I ain't know that's cause my money ain't. Let me get this straight. Wait, I'm the rookie, but my features and my shows ten times your pay. The DK for a verse, no album out. Yeah, my money's so tall that my Barbie's gotta claim it. Hotter than a Middle Eastern climate. Pull up in a monster automobile gangster with a bad bitch that came for three You could be the king, but watch the queen conquer. Okay, first thing first, first I'll eat your brain. Eat your brain. Listen, then I'ma start mama. rocking gold teeth and fangs. Cause that's what I'm about to do. Monster just let me heal as a monster too. Young money is a monster and a monster too. And I'm all up in the bank with the funny faces. And if I think I ain't know this cause my money get my money. Listen, mama didn't come. Let me get Listen, this straight. Wait, I'm the rookie? Ma- Look, when, when she said that, ten times when your she pay? said that, when she said ten, that. Ten times your pay? 50K for a verse, no album no out. No album out. Nigga, when I tell you that Nikki was fucking spazzing, my nigga, she came on a, ver- she came on a track with Kanye, Jay-Z, Rick Ross and ate them all up for my dinner. money so tall that my barbie's gotta climb it. Nigga. Nigga. Like, nigga. Like, the, the, the thing that Kanye was like, oh, I'm gonna take her off because, like, I don't want her, like, she ate us all up. Like, bruh. Bruh. Nikki was a problem, like, and niggas knew it. So, shout out to Nikki for that like, verse. Oh my god, why is Nikki so, she's so, she's so that. I'm like, 
if you actually engage with black culture or like well even if you do like if you're just like not a fucking misogynist like yeah you notice like if you listen to the fucking radio like it came to a point where djs were skipping past rick ross's line oh yeah his his little like little couplet they skip they skip past rick they skip past yay <laughs> they skip past jay and they play Nikki's verse. Yep. They play the hook, and then they play Nikki's verse, that's it. and then they and then they move on. Then they move on because that's what the because pe- that's what the people want. Jay Z. This nigga skip. These niggas was out here skipping Jay Z. Like what else? Could you say? Could you say like that? what? What else? What? What else? What else? Big up. That's on Papa Nico. Bear's mama. <laughs> Papa Bear's mama out here doing that. All right, moving on to um, one of my favorite rappers of the, the new age. Um, it's when he first came out, I just thought he was weird as fuck. I just like, yeah, I was like, I was being in, in my fucking like rap snob bag. But he actually like, you know, he he got me. He got me. And this this album was is dope as fuck. It's a, off his uh, Pretty Girls Love Trap album. It's uh, two chains featuring Travis Scott with 4 a.m. Yeah, yeah. Damn right, bro. 4 a.m. I'm just getting started. For my birthday, I threw me a surprise party. Reminiscing about the trap playing the first call. This nigga said, 4 a.m. I'm just getting started. For my birthday, I threw me a surprise party. I threw myself a surprise party. I'm like, yeah. I was like, I, let me look. I was like, is it when was Two Chains born? Because it, it's it's giving Aquarius energy. Like, <laughs> September twelfth. That nigga no. is is a Virgo. <laughs> okay, Virgo. Okay, that, that that also makes sense too. But cut from a different cloth. Take pride in results. Anytime she want to dip, I'm providing the sauce. Scripture. Speak your Scripture. shit, nigga. Anyway, Dre, what else you got? <laughs> um, my second song is by one of the most flashy, braggadocious um, females, female rappers ever to to hit the scene, and that's by Little Kim. And that's Little Kim. Little um, Kim. Little Kim. Look. Um, the song I'm playing is one of my favorite songs by her. It's from her um, her debut album, Hardcore, and it's called Queen Bitch. I am a diamond cluster hustler, queen bitch, supreme bitch, kill a nigga for my nigga by any means, bitch, murder scene, bitch, clean bitch, disease free, bitch, check I'm a it. I'm a cluster hustler, queen bitch, supreme bitch, kill a nigga for my nigga. By any means, bitch. Murder scene, bitch. Clean, bitch. Disease, free, bitch. Um. Okay, what what's with the Bridgerton voice? Was that Bridgerton? I was trying to get Maya Angelou. You know what? I, that that was my first. <laughs> I don't want to disrespect the queen like that, but yeah, that's why I said Bridgerton first. <laughs> but damn, I just love. Saying like rap lyrics in Maya's voice, but look, Kim. I I thought of Maya Angelou, so you did a good job. 
So <laughs> thank you, thank you. Oh my god, oh my god. <laughs> um, listen, whenever I hear Kim talk her shit, like hardcore is one of my favorite hip hop albums. Period. Kim talks her shit all up and through it. Like that's a Brooklyn bitch for real. And she was about it, and she was talking her shit, and she was talking about the, you know, how niggas ain't shit, but she gonna, you know, play him anyway. Look, I just, I just love Little Kim so much. She's, she's laid the groundwork for so much of female rapping. Yeah, yeah. Brag on, look, you, you, you deserve yeah. to, Mama. Little Kim not a whore, but she'll sex a nigga so good he gotta tell his boys. <laughs> ah! Yo, the way she talk about herself, yo, the way she talk about herself always gets me, and I love it. I love it. All right, so because you picked uh, a dope-ass uh, female MC, I'm going to switch up. I was going to do her last, but um, <laughs> but I was going to, now I'm going to move it to, you know, second, because, yeah, for flow reasons. So, um, Trina, um, like, Queen... Of like yeah, just Queen Miami, Florida, like just like the whole like just like that whole area, like the whole shit, like Diamond Princess, like we live, like we talking top, like top tier MCs, period, but also like especially top tier female MCs, like Trina is going to talk all of her shit like yeah we yeah and she definitely did that shit on be all right featuring Luke. that's right i'm talking greasy i'm an area little motherfucker huh? that's right i'm rich i'm that bitch that's right i'm about to show y'all how to pimp this shit i'm fucking niggas in the face the game is mine 2003 fuck that fuck all y'all haters fuck all y'all bitches get a life you got too much times on your hand i want y'all bitches to get a job I'm an arrogant motherfucker. Like, ooh, God, I, I, I love it. That's right. I'm rich. I'm that bitch. I'm a, about to show y'all how to pimp this shit. I'm fucking niggas in the face. The game is mine. 2003. Fuck all y'all haters. Fuck all y'all bitches. Get a life. You got too much time on your hands. I want y'all bitches to get a job. I was like, oh, 15-year-old me was like, but my mom won't let me work. I just can't. Just give me like three more years, Trina. Come on. And, oh, like the the whole. I'm fucking niggas in the face. I was like, oh, my God. Relatable content. Wait, bitch, I'm going to blow my kisses, get pissed, and throw my dishes. Y'all niggas know just who this is. Woo, woo. And the head's so vicious. Whew. We love it. We enjoy it all. She eats and leaves not a crumb for the rest. All right, Dre, what, what else you got? <laughs> so my last song is coming from um, To Me. Uh, one of the the most underrated um, albums of 2018. Um, that was the year I went to their concert. It's it's a song by the Carters. Ooh. 
called uh, Boss. So, yeah. Boss. Look, look, I love this when song. She says, and, uh, shoot, They released it right before they went on tour. <laughs> a boss. I bought my mama a whip. My great great grandchildren already rich. That's a lot of brown children on your Forbes list. Yeah, brown. Like when you like in boss, they was just talking that like that was just a song about them talking this shit. That's it. Like talking about like how rich they are. Talking about like how many business the shit they running. Etc. Etc. Of course, bitch. Let's be clear. It's fuck capitalism, but that shit was a flex. My lord, yeah. they was just flexing all over the song. Just that's it. That, knowing that white people are upset. Gonna be yes, upset to see. that's it. Like what she said. That's a lot they, of brown children on your Forbes list. Like, yeah, and they black, black, black it to selves, <laughs> just occupying occupying spaces that some people think that they oughtn't. So, yeah. Thank you, Beyonce. Thank you, Jay Z, and that, that's that's so interesting that you that your last song was something from the Carters because I too have picked a selection from a Carter, specifically uh, the track that Jay Z did with Jay Electronica. The we made it all praise is due. I'm ready to chase a Yaku back in the cage. These are the last days. What do I sing face? Showed up to the last supper and some brand new J's. I'm the true living. The, also like the, the Drake diss. I love it. Because <laughs> I remember when Drake says some shit and he was like, Sorry. Well, I mean, yeah, like the, the insult is petty, but it. Niggas. Niggas. Sorry, Mr. Jay Z, for so much art talk. <laughs> Silly me rapping about shit that I really bought. Well, these rappers rap about guns they ain't shot and a bunch of other silly shit they ain't got. Um, this ace of spades look like an Oscar. Black tux look like a mobster. Don't make me raya. He, he wrote that. <laughs> Nigga, watch your tone. I come to court with black boxes on. Y'all hella jealous of my melatonin. I could black out at any given moment. I'm God. Nigga. Nigga. G is the seventh letter made. So when my arms and feet shackled, I still get paid. Like. I can just imagine him in like a robe and some house slippers just casually eating this verse. And then at the end, he just walks out onto like one of his many balconies, where it's like a, to play a, ste- a steaming cappuccino. As he like, you know, looks out onto the city. That nigga ain't nothing to play with. Never has been. <sighs> All right, that wraps up the playlist for our zamp- sample platter, the Braggadocia playlist. 
We're going to take another break and we will be right back. scrape the plate of the new year and we're gonna keep it pretty brief because like there's there's a lot of shit to scrape so we're just gonna like sum it up sum it up um so first off uh, r.i.p to mf doom mm-hmm. um mf doom was um he it was announced that he had passed away um, back in October. We, we, his, his wife didn't break the news um, until two months later. Um, he was uh, 49. Um, yeah. Um, so, yeah. So she released a statement. The greatest husband, father, teacher, student, business partner, lover, and friend I could ever ask for. Thank you for all the things you have shown, taught, and given to me, our children, and our family. Um, Q-Tip, um, Q-Tip paid his respects as well on Twitter. RP to another giant, your favorite MC's MC, quite literally, MF Doom, crushing news. Born in London in 1971, he moved with his family to Long Island, New York as a child and started performing and producing hip-hop as a teen under the name Zeb Love X. He and his younger brother, uh, Dingle Zwe, 
um, sorry, I, I, I butchered that, known as DJ Subrock, formed the group KMD and released a critically acclaimed debut album, Mr. Hood, in 1991. Their sophomore album was prepared for release in 1993 when Dumil's brother passed away. Um, five years later, the rapper reemerged as Metal Face Doom, wearing a mask modeled after the Marvel villain Doctor Doom, and released a solo record titled Operation Doomsday. In, 2000, in a 2009 New Yorker article, he told writer Tanahasi Coates that the mask came out of necessity. I wanted to get on stage and orate without people thinking about the normal things people think about, like girls being like, oh, he's sexy, or I don't want him, he's ugly, and then other dudes sizing you up, um, he said. A visual always brings a first impression, but if there's going to be a first impression, I might as well use it to control the story. So why not do something like throw a mask on? Uh, he became well known for his intellect, wit, and intricate rhyme style, which he displayed on six solo albums and five collaborative projects with the likes of Danger Mouse and Ghostface Killer. Um, yeah, this this really hit me hard. I literally like I was, um, so I, I've lost, um, I've lost my my um, my basic um like a regular sleep schedule like i i would usually like i would go to bed or try to go to bed by like 12 one o'clock get up at like eight or nine but that shit it has been all the way the fuck messed up so like i was taking naps like in the morning and like i've been taking naps in the morning like waking up at like 4 p.m i woke i woke up one day at like around 4 p.m and literally the first story like i i see when i open up the TL is MF Doom passed away, but not only did this nigga pass away, he's been dead for two months. What the fuck? Like that is, it, it's just mind blowing. This is not like, and no, this is this is this is, yeah, this is not on like the family because like you know that that's understandable that they they wanted um they wanted to keep that you know, a, a secret. Cause like, that's, that's like, you know, private family business, but it's just wild. It's just wild. And it kind of adds to like the mystery that was MF doom, which honestly it's, yeah, it, it, it's pretty fitting for, you know, his, um, his, his story to, to come to such like a, a mysterious end. Like, yeah. But yo, he was a dope ass MC. Yeah. Um, I have not listened to his like older older projects, but like the, um, the rap. Excuse me, the album that um, I connected with, like as like um, M, excuse me, that the album that you know I really got to know MF Doom like as an MC was um, mm Food, obviously because I'm fat, but you know it just like kind of like, you know <laughs> like that album pretty much touches on. Um, most of the pillars of this podcast, to be honest, like he had the, um, he had the, the metal mask, the fucking, um, um, Dr. Doom. He had the Dr. Doom mask. Okay. Um, he's a rapper. Like he's, he's rapping about like food or he's using food as a metaphor for different things in, in, in life. Um, deep fried friends, like pot holders, um, like. Uh, hoe cakes, keep your hoes in check, words to live by, like those, like those are like the three songs by him that like I always like you know keep keep with me. Like man, it's just just like 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 
an MC. So like, and like I can, you can tell like he's like, he he is like front, like he has lived through like three decades of hip hop. So like, my man's like an O and OG like in, in the OG. game. Like he's like your favorite rapper's favorite rapper. Like I I was I saw a video of like most deaf like reciting one of his verses just from like pure memory and just like the joy on like most deaf's you know, face like and yeah i'm not the biggest mf doom sand in the world um but yeah that album de- you know definitely um sticks with me to this very day so um um thoughts go out to his family um dope ass artist um yeah um rest in power to mf doom also, um, today would have been his 50th birthday. Mm. So, yeah. A Capricorn. Like like, like the homie Dre. Yeah. Mm-mm-mm. You love yeah. it. All right. Um, moving on. Um, to... Hugh. Wow. To some Hewless news. <laughs> Lord have mercy. I mean, God. So you've already you you know, um, you know about the um, domestic terrorism. Basically, a a goddamn Call of Duty episode. Yeah, just like broke out last week, on like on, on Wednesday. Like, um, we've been telling y'all like five years at this point. Well, well, five years of like this brand of white supremacy, like, yo, this is a very bad idea. We cannot, we we can't do like, no, like we can't allow this to gain momentum. And people were like, oh, he's doing things his way. Oh, he, he, he's, he's a great guy. We need this. We need that. Oh, he's so like, um. Let's have him on SNL. Let's ruffle his hair on late night shows. Let's just, you know, let's let's just see what happens. Let's let's give him a chance and this then the third end. Here we are. Um a couple weeks into uh swearing in a new president and it's it's a whole ass uprising. Like they stormed the Capitol building. There's record of police allowing these people to storm the building. Mm-hmm. They have rushed. They they, they they running up in people's um, offices. They like they, they running Raiders. up in the Nancy. Yeah, like like Tomb Raiders. They running up in Nancy Pelosi's office. Stealing her you, fucking mail. Using <laughs> all the ink in her ballpoint pens. <laughs> Smashing her paperweights, <laughs> bending her paper clips, reading all her emails, snatching up all the passwords. So it's like yeah, they metamucil, because you know, because you know, she keeps it under the desk. Absolutely, she will stay regular. Let's be clear. Yeah. So wow, this like it's wild. 
it's 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 just wild to see the fact. That, <laughs> I mean, yeah, we all know that this shit is bad, but oh my god, the jokes that came out of this, bro. <laughs> you see the Super Mario one with the the, um, yes. the white people were trying to climb the fucking bro. wall, and one of the motherfuckers fell. Fell right into the fucking. I was like, oh, gotta be a joke. Oh no. That damn oh, video. Oh, no. I laughed for the longest because I was like, what What was he doing? What the hell did he think he was doing? Hmm. The fact that we had, like, it, as of today, I, I haven't checked the news yet, but th- this whole insurrection resulted in five people dying. Mm-hmm. Like, one of them being a cop. Mm-hmm. One of, like, two of them being, like, white women. Like one, one the, of them the killing one... himself. Oh, the taser dude. Yeah. Oh yeah, I heard about that story. What with a that... fucking dummy. Yo, wait did did he actually tase himself in the nuts? He, yes. Like this is this is the shit I'm talking about. Like it's like Wu Child, the trailer park. The, I the just... entire trailer park, just you know, just. There's so much we could say about this bullshit. There's so damn much, so that much. We could say about it. But we just I'm I'm just going to be like, "Oh, well, we we going to we going to see what happens." Basically, there was a bunch of white on white crime happening. Yeah, white on white and... crime. That's y'all. <laughs> that's that y'all. that's that's on y'all. That's it, I really don't I really don't care. Right. I really don't care how black people cope. And I I talked about this on Twitter because we've literally been telling you for well at least five years now this is a very bad idea Mm -hmm. because thoughts turn to actions thoughts turn to actions thoughts turn to actions Mm -hmm. y'all saw the pattern for years and you're like oh we need to reach across the table and extend the hand of love and be like oh this is gonna be all right and now five people are dead like the, the fact that the fact that shit had to get this bad for people to be like, oh, we need to get him out of here. So, so yeah, so y'all are treating our our livelihood as a joke. So yeah, <laughs> yeah, we're gonna laugh about it. Yeah, <laughs> like y'all all did this for nothing, for nothing. That y'all, nigga lost. Y'all y'all were like calling us snowflakes. Being like, oh, this PC culture is too much. And the fucking Squidbillies just ran up in the Capitol building. Like, get the... I just... I don't... Like, white people are the wildest niggas ever. The way they have to, like, maneuver in, like, cognitive dissonance to get shit done is wild. It's so wild to witness. Yeah. I'm, they really yeah, ran it, up in that Capitol building um, talking about, like, fucking, um, like, the nigga, that nigga lost several times. They recounted several times. Several Each time times. he lost. He what lost. don't you girls get? Yeah. Ain't no extra votes Eight. to be found and counted. This motherfucker lost. And let's be clear. The only fucking voter fraud that they found was on the Republican side. So the Period. shit that y'all niggas were trying to say was happening, y'all were doing. 
So, good luck, my nigga. Good luck with y'all fail coup. And, and you know, the, the day it was happening was a bit jarring. But the aftermath? Who, bitch? Hilaire. Hilaire. Uh, motherfuckers like, like, like this one dumbass individual who walked in the fucking Capitol building with his work badge on. Like... With his work badge visible. on. Visible. The way they fired his ass before he could get back on the bus. Because <laughs> he li- he worked in Maryland. And then Maryland folks was like, nope. Nope. Sorry. Like, bitch, excuse me? You're done. You, you get done. you getting ups- you getting upset like we 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 complaining about about your president you know at at the at the fucking water cooler like you don't want to show up at any of the, the Christmas parties because you you mad because like all, all these these goddamn uh, snowflakes and their PC culture you feel you feel oppressed and you want you want to run up in the Capitol building with your badge on all right oh okay girl just you can like keep keep thinking that way but you you can you can be upset yeah. at home. With yeah. no fucking job, yeah. I think what this what this really was showing is, which I hope black folks really paid attention to, is that white supremacy is fragile, very fragile, very very fragile. Um, I bet it smelled awful. Down oh there. yeah, absolutely. Them steps were just stank. You got to like. Fifth and G, and it's like, is that is that Miracle Whip on Wonder Bread? God, somebody just left out on the counter for three days. Oh my God, God, what what is going on? But yeah, white supremacy is fragile, and it can be, and these niggas are scared. So, yeah, yeah, they they really are, and also, um, FBI, what the fuck? There's shit. on the walls. Go take it. Go test it and find them. Get out of my face. They like, shit why, on the walls, Ray. Why are you asking Twitter to help you identify people? They, specifically, like, I, I know like they said they said Twitter do your thing, but they meant black Twitter. And first of all, like, did you see any black people down there who wasn't on some coon shit? No, we were staying our ha- our asses home. The only one like, I what, saw like why, was... why would we involve ourselves with that? Why would we involve ourselves with that shit? Why would we willingly walk into a fucking mob scene? Yep. The only one I saw was um, a nigga with a permed mohawk. So it makes sense. A so yeah, he mohawk. so he's Sorry. yeah it makes he's sense. one of the girls. Yeah. So he's one of the girls. Yeah, yeah. So he was not about to help you. Yeah. No. But it was nice to see. Um, I think I saw two different instances. Um, uh, elected officials, like they, um, one news station walked up to some dude's house. Some dude's house, and he he openly admitted, he openly admitted that he was there. Like you were so upset, you felt so oppressed, you wanted to take your country back. You go to the capital, and you immediately feel remorse so much so that like. Like, Nick, like you couldn't even lie. As soon as, right. as, as soon as they walked up to your door, your bitch ass was like, oh my God, yeah, I did it. I'm sorry. I'm like, wow. Nigga, stand in your shit. Right. Stand in your shit. Like, wow. You racist. How you racist with no, with, with no fucking intestinal fortitude. Like, come on, son. 
Girl. Because y'all really pussy for real, for real. That's really mm. what y'all stand on. So I get it. But also, like, act like you got something. Act like it. Like, come on. And one of these motherfuckers got, like, straight up dragged out his house by the FBI. And this uh, this old white lady who um, who looked like an extra encouraged the cowardly dog, like, came out the house. <laughs> Her hair, like, she, she, she had, like, just done a blowout. She did the best she could to, like, comb that shit out. But, like, you know, the, the cigarettes and Jack Daniels still had that shit looking like a tumbleweed. So, this bitch thanked Trump. Like, what? What? Yeah, fuck you. Why? Why? <laughs> fuck all y'all. The government is coming for us. Yeah, because you committed Send treason. Send the Rikers, my nigga. Because you committed treason, you stupid motherfucker. Stupid ass bitch. Y'all need to go to Rikers, my nigga. That's where y'all need to go. And the fact that the president, like, tweeted about January 6th weeks in advance. Yep. Girl. Also, you know, I'm glad that every fucking major social media site has blocked this nigga. Ah! How you get blocked by Pinterest, my dude? Pinterest? You can't even make a vi- <laughs> nigga. You can't fucking make a vision board? Like, what? Like, you that fucking terrible. <laughs> they said, nah, you can't make a vision board. I'm sorry. Nope, nope not here. Sorry. Oh, yeah. Oh, I almost forgot. Um, A quick rest in pain to the white woman who got trampled while holding a don't tread on me sign. I just, I can't get over how karma just said, okay, girl, I got you. There's so many people in one day. Just, okay. Oh, that's okay, girl. Here you go. Here you go. Here you go. Just hand karma, the L's Karma out. be karma-ing. Karma was on her job that day, child. Karma said, like, get me. Irony mm. said, oh, karma, let's team up and we're going to get this shit done. You bitches will find out mm-hmm. today mm-hmm. and tomorrow and the next day. And, Period. you know, probably like at least the next 10 years. But, yep. ooh, wow. And just <laughs> the way black people are just like sitting back on this one is like we like, it was like we watching a whole like dog fight. Yep. <laughs> just admirable. <laughs> um, I was like, "Ooh, girl, let me get some more hot wings. Just let me know if any anything wild happens. Just, just text me. Just, just, just text me. Like, I'll, like, I'll, yeah, the I'll, I'll park. And like, and Ted Cruz getting dragged, Lindsey Graham getting dragged by the people who supported them when they supported Trump. Child. I went. Lindsey Graham was walking through Reagan. Yeah, <laughs> it it reminded me of that the episode of um. Like that nigga looked like Cersei from Game of Thrones. Like just shame. 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 Let's <laughs> fucking see it. Oh my god. Um It was a flip phone for me. Like what? Is that an Obama phone, my nigga? You got an Obama phone, baby? Imagine you getting publicly dragged and you can't even type out how you feel. Or you can type out how you feel, but it's gonna take like thirty minutes because you gotta like type the 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 letter three like four <laughs> times. The letter three to get G. He probably has some like saved phrases, like something he says often, like "Help, I fucked up." He won't leave my hotel room. Certain <laughs> things. Um, yeah. Um, fucking Megan Kelly. It's like, oh, if if you're not woke or 
yeah, da 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 da. Like they're coming for you. Like y'all committed treason. Like what's not clicking? Treason. What's not clicking. Treason. You try. Y'all tried to stop the democratic process from happening, which is the fiber of this country. What the fuck did you think was gonna happen, my dude? We could talk about this shit for ages, but <laughs> the shit show. And I bet it's gonna be even wilder next week when we come back yeah. next week. Yeah. But for now, um Wait, is next week the inaugural no. It's the following week. twentieth, right? So it's yeah. So it's not this coming Friday, it's the next one. We got a week we got a week and some change. Yeah. Get it together. Get it the fuck together. Get it together, Kelly. Get it together. Get it together. Get these presidents inaugurated so the people can get their stimmies, so we can stay home, yep. so we can get through this goddamn pandemic. So we can go the fuck outside. That's it. Yeah. Because I'm ready. That wraps up the first episode of Big Boy Brunch of the year so dre where can they find you yes i am on twitter at exhibit dre and on instagram at exhibit underscore dre all right and you can find me on twitter and instagram at lolo von z that is l-o-l-o-v-o-n-z yeah thanks for listening um today be sure to follow big boy brunch on instagram and Twitter, shoot us a DM on either Instagram or Twitter if um, there's something you want to um, hear us talk about on the show. If you're, this is your first time listening, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Thank you so much to DDM for stopping by. Like, th- th- this has been a, f- yo, this, this has been a fire episode. Like, yeah. it, it's, it's, it's dope. It, it's, 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 ugh. Woo! This Things were done today. Things were done today, and I'm 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 happy to be back. Thank you for tuning into Big Boy Brunch. Check, please. <laughs>